0: Hello and welcome to this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. I'm very pleased to introduce you to LifeSite's own Washington correspondent and editor. Her name is Claire Chrétien. You better stay tuned. It's going to be an awesome show. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen Clara welcome to the John Henry Weston show.
1: Thanks John Henry. I'm excited. I finally get to be on your show
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is a it is a joy being with you in this great work of the Lord LifeSite News We've been at it for a long time now We were just at a very historic event with the March for life going on and Happening here in Washington DC. You're a Washington correspondent president trump for the very first time in history any u.s. president arrives at the march for life tell me a your reaction but b what you think this means for the united states for the upcoming election
1: well first of all john henry this wasn't just the first u.s. president coming to the march for life this was the first u.s. president ever coming to the march for life and giving an incredible pro-life speech his speech was one of the best presidential speeches he's ever given. He hit every major point and he really talked about um, the, about being pro-family. He mentioned the words pro-family. He praised mothers as heroes. And I think everyone who wasn't at the march but who was watching that from home probably had tears in their eyes seeing it. So it was extremely incredible that he came. But it was what he said was just as significant, if not more significant. And I think it was just a shot in the arm for all of us. We're winning, finally. We have someone on our side, someone who gets it, um, and someone who's, who can be our champion. It's just, compared to the Obama years, I mean, this is just a totally different world now.
0: It's an amazing thing to see. He was also impressed, enlivened, encouraged with the pro-life people there. That was so inspiring to have the president of the most powerful country in the world basically say i'm looking up to you
1: yeah and to talk about you know he talked about pro-life students being censored on campus he talked about all the young people and um, it was it, it was really touching i actually was i i rewatched his speech again uh, later in the day and i actually was close to tears at, at some parts of it which sounds dramatic but really it was it was really, uh, he, I think we're seeing that Trump is actually a, a pretty humble man, when deep in his heart, um, and uh, yeah.
0: What a thing to tell your kids and your grandchildren about. Um, so last night, or the night before the uh, march, there's this humongous mass with all the bishops and cardinals, you work a lot in DC. Let me hear about your perspective on the bishops. I know uh, a lot of them are there. What do you make of what's going on in the United States today with the uh, bishops of the Catholic Church?
1: Well, there are some really good trends and some really bad trends. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the bishops who have been appointed or elevated during the Francis Pontificate, are, uh, they do not seem to be very faithful to the Church. Um, I mean, as a young person, as a woman, I want my bishops to be Catholic. I want my bishops to act like bishops. I want my priests to act like priests. I want my cardinals to act like cardinals. And so some, when when people like um, Cardinal Tobin try to be hip and young and cool, it's really not, not appealing to me. Um, and so a lot of these... Uh, Pope Francis appointed bishops I've I found to be very disappointing. But there are some really wonderful bishops like Bishop Strickland in Texas who uh, I think two USCCB meetings ago came outside and joined a rosary rally of people praying about the sex abuse crisis. Um, and I, I'm glad that people are finally seeing that there are some issues with the bishops. For example, there's a class action lawsuit against Peter's Pence, the Pope's own charity. It's a class action lawsuit against the US bishops for it's accusing them of swindling Catholics out of money that they thought they were giving to the poor, and really it was going to fund this uh, Elton John movie that was uh, rather graphic. So, good, good and bad with the bishops, but it's I wish that the that the good guys would get promoted more, and unfortunately it just doesn't seem like that's been happening recently. And.
0: You know this personally, you're at the um, bishops' conference meetings, you go there regularly. Um, When you're there, you see them first person, you're able to ask them questions. How have the interactions been? I mean, this is an interesting thing always for, you know, those of us watching when you do this. When you approach bishops, what's their reaction to you? You're a young person, you're someone who they probably don't hear talking to a lot. What's the power of young people talking to bishops as well?
1: Well, sometimes bishops seem startled when they hear that I like the Latin Mass and that I work for LifeSite News and that you know I really want them to uphold orthodoxy. But it's really good for bishops to be exposed to young people like that because young people who are the heart of the church, the heart of the pro-life movement, we want orthodoxy, we want truth, we want moral clarity uh, and charity together. And so I think it's good to encourage them in a sense, but also, you know, show them that your 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 faithful want you to be more faithful and want you to be more orthodox, and um, and I, I hope I can encourage some of them to do the Latin Mass. Just I try to mention it to bishops when I meet them.
0: Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, here you are, a young person and wanting the Latin Mass. It's the thing many people think, oh, it's so ancient and whatnot. What do you think, and and tell me your experience too, I mean, I've seen, when I've been traveling around the world, I see a lot of young people at at these Masses sometimes, particularly in the United States, but really all over the place. Um, And what do you make of this trend? Have you seen it yourself?
1: Absolutely. If you go, I always joke, if you go to a Latin Mass Parish, um, the average, the median parishioner age is about five, because there's so many young families. And it's really true, the Latin Mass is for everyone though. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing, this side of, of Heaven. I like the Latin Mass because it brings me closer to God. It's not about being horizontal and it's not about who you're with and the community that you feel. It's about you praying up to God and, and the priest helping you pray to God. So that's one of the most beautiful th- things about the Latin Mass. You know, When the church tries to be cool and do these rock shows, the world is better at Rock shows than the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is better at truth, beauty, and goodness than the world. So we don't need to try to be like the world. We need to be distinct. If there's if our priests aren't wearing collars and cassocks, then how do how are people even going to know that they're priests? You know, someone someone I I met a few years ago was saying, if you were going to take a, a taxi, would you get in the yellow taxi that said taxi, or would you get in the scary white van that didn't have anything written on it? Similarly, it's when a priest dresses like a priest, you know this is a man of God. Um, and Another thing I like about the Latin Mass is the really rich theology of it. Every single action that the priest does has a very deep, significant theological meaning, and you can read about that in your Missal. As you're going along, you can follow the priest and read about his actions and, and what you know how they're taken from the Old Testament and the New Testament, what they represent. There's a lot of symbolism, and I really like that.
0: A lot of the younger priests we see this trend with their interest in the Latin Mass is kind of a reawakening. And funny enough, right now in this time when it seems like, at least from the official, you know, hierarchy of the church, is this very negative attitude toward it, yet among it's among the youngest of priests, you see this coming back. We're wearing cassocks and they're celebrating the Latin Mass sometimes secretly because they can't, you know, have to get away with it. Um, It is encouraging to see, but the deep, deep faith of these young men uh, is really encouraging. I was at, um, you know, many of these Masses, I'm astounded. These guys are, you know, half my age, and they're coming out with such wisdom, such beauty. It's been absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, it really is, and I'm always touched by their, the humility of these priests who offer the Latin Mass. They're, I've had just so many good experiences with them, and, um, also, the, the people at the Latin Mass, too. It's it's really quite inspiring.
0: So tell me, a lot of people say, oh, the Catholic Church is in like the worst shape it ever has been. There's an argument for that, too. But you're a young Catholic, you, you're recently married, you're a young, growing family in the midst of a world that is seemingly against the faith, but you don't look at all that depressed at all. Um, what keeps your hope up, what keeps your courage up?
1: The darker the night, the lighter, the brighter the stars. When it's really dark, you can see the stars much more clearly. And I think that's how we should see the church. Things are really bad and things in the world are bad. We've got transgenderism, abortion on demand, all of these terrible um, parts of the culture of death. But because it's so dark, we can now see more clearly than ever the beauty and the truth and the light of Jesus in the Catholic Church. So As things have gotten more tumultuous in the church, too, I think more people are seeing that beautiful bright light of the Latin Mass and the timeless Catholic tradition, and they're going back to that. So in a sense, the darkness is pointing us to the light.
0: Now, I'm going to embarrass you and call you out, because while we were talking about doing this interview, I said, you know, I want you to talk about what what your greatest love is in the world and you said, oh, I wanna talk about my husband. I thought that was really beautiful. Andrew, I thought you should know. And I think that's actually, I think it's a really beautiful thing. Next to God, we have our spouses and family first. I know you're an activist. I know you work hard for the pro-life movement, but you have your family first. I, I think that's beautiful. Give us maybe some closing words with that.
1: Oh well, thanks, John Henry. Um, yes, my husband is really awesome, and it's funny that you bring him up because actually, at this very conference, about I don't know how many years ago, five or whatever, at this conference before it became the National Pro-Life Summit, it was a Students for Life of America conference, and that's where I met him. So, and now we both work in the pro-life movement. So this conference always has a very special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, you know, if you if you can't, you're if you have a good foundation of God and then family, everything can flow well from that. And I, I can't remember who said it, but if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. We have to have our family life properly ordered and, and as it should be before we go out and try to improve the culture related to family. If we don't have strong families that teach self-sacrifice and virtue, we can't show that to the world. So. The family is really where it starts, and my husband is wonderful. I mean, he's he's truly the head of the household in the best possible sense of how you how you could see that. It's it's not uh, oppressive or sexist. It's actually wonderful because he's a leader, and I trust him to lead. And anyone who knows me knows I'm I'm certainly not a oppressed person. Uh, and my husband will tell you that too. So. I really, I like the, I like what the church teaches about the family and the husband being the head of the household. You know, the man is the head and the woman's the heart. I also say, yes, the man is the head, but I'm the one who can give you a migraine. So <laughs> there's that. But yeah, I'm so grateful to be Catholic. I'm so grateful to be part of Lifesight News. And I'm so grateful to have such an awesome husband and such an awesome boss, John Henry. So...
0: Thank you, Claire, for being on the John Henry Western Show. God bless you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time.